0: Hi, I'm Patty. I'm Kim Michelle. And I'm Jill. Welcome to our podcast, It's a Great Day to Talk. Because honestly, what
1: day isn't a great day to talk? So join us in our conversation.
0: A Great Day to Talk is brought to you by St. George Design. Offering complete website design, social media management, search engine optimization, Google and Facebook ad management, and many other digital and print marketing services. StGeorgeDesign.com And by Richardson Brothers Custom Homes, third generation builders who have been building custom homes in southern Utah for over 25 years. They will take your dream home from concept to completion. Contact RichardsonBrothers.com The April Gates Group and Zion Canyon Real Estate have been specializing in helping Southern Utah clients buy and sell property for over 18 years. We can help you too. Call or text April today, 435-632-8869, 435-632-8869. Oh my goodness, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, Hello. it's been forever. We're back, we're back, we're
2: back. Back. See, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> We're glad you
0: came our way. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, we're glad to something, something, something.
1: something. Uh, to share. And... Hello. hello, hello. Oh my goodness, I'm so You're happy. You're seeing your
0: roots, I'm Jill. <laughs> singing my roots. Singing my roots. BJ would be happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am so happy to be here. It has been far too long. And um, welcome all of our friend out there (laughs) hopefully you right remember our lovely voices i'm jill and to my left immediate is a lovely kim michelle and Hello how she is. And to my left left is our ever so lovely sexy sassy
2: yeah. 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 Patty. Yep. The Patty. The older I get, mm-hmm.
0: the sassier we
2: get. Sassier, the yep. more sassy and the less sexy. <laughs> Stop. No. No,
0: nope. you're still all the S's. You're still the alliteration. Exactly. Super sexy sassy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, welcome to It's a great day to talk. It is such a great day to talk. We've got a couple of things that we would love to chat with all y'alls about today. And the first one that I think we should get started with um, is an update from our dear love, KM. Yeah. Share with us, KM, if you would <laughs> tell us how our sweet Scott
1: is doing. Well, he is um a champion for sure and uh he is he is doing well and um so for if you haven't followed or aren't aware, he went into the hospital on the 21st of September uh, August with, I mean of August with some pains in his legs and um poor guy it took me like an hour and a half just to try to finagle him I knew we I needed to take him to emergency because he's had a blood clot before and we just wanted to make sure we weren't dealing with that and uh, so I'm doing everything I can to try to figure out how to maneuver him by myself to the car and I did get him from the bed onto like a rolling office chair. That only took like an hour, maybe Mm -hmm. an hour and 10 Mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got him to the front door and it was like, oh, gosh, now what? Because there's stairs going down from there. And I knew that wasn't going to happen. He wasn't able to walk. So um, we called um, for ambulance service and uh, six firefighters showed up right behind them. And it took all eight of them to move him out into the ambulance. And he... um, he is doing well recovering from that whole experience. So he was in the hospital for over two and a half weeks with Make sepsis. List. Okay, start number one. Yeah, so he had blood clots in both legs, and um, we didn't think he had a pulmonary embolism, but his um, discharge does indicate a septic pulmonary embolism. <gasps> Yeah, they so oh. they don't know if it if he came in with it that way or with the he then got bacterial endocard um, endocarditis, so they don't know if maybe the bacteria from the heart caused the pulmonary embolism, the septic pulmonary embolism, they're not exactly sure how the pieces all fit together. And one of the things that I can really appreciate from this whole host of doctors that we had working on him and committed to try to figure out what was going on is... You know, I think sometimes I feel like, oh, I have a I have a owie in my toe. I'm going to go to the doctor and the doctor's going to be able to immediately tell me what that owie in my toe is about Mm -hmm. and then um, prescribe something to make it go away. When you're in the situation like we were, were in in the hospital and there are so many things going on. They are doing their very best to guess what it might be and to eliminate what they think is not the cause. And they cannot just tell you this is what yes. it is because they don't know. So that that sepsis was the big deal. They just could not find out uh, what the source of that sepsis was. He was on Serious IV antibiotics and still not showing any reduction in the bacteria that was flowing through his body um, until... And it ended up being two different kinds, right? Yes, it was two different kinds. So he did have MSSA uh, for sure, MRSA? which is not MRSA, but it is an accompanying one that okay. is usually... Uh, attracted especially to metal. So they're looking to you have fillings in your teeth that are metal. They're looking for any piece of metal that he has in his body, which included his port, which he had just had put in probably not even, maybe he only even had three two weeks. treatments yeah. and chemo. So, right. um, and um, they said, well, after about five or six days of not improving and on every medical apparatus, he was a walking machine. Well, not walking because he wasn't, wasn't walking. He was completely to, right, immobile. Yeah, right. um, but breathing and laughing and um, dad joke room of the right, hospital. Right. Everybody knew to come there to get their dad bad dad joke mm-hmm. and to share a bad dad joke, um, or to even just get some counsel. You know, they that that's a younger staff there, and they were just lovely and appreciative of time spent with him. Um, They were able, they said, we're going to go now take a look at your port because we just cannot figure out where else it's coming from. Even as we're going in, the surgeon's like, this is not your port. It all looks good, but we'll take a sample. We'll send it down to the lab. We'll have them try to grow some bacteria in there. And if we grow some bacteria in there, we'll know that it's it. And they opened up his port and they could, visually see that it was just full of infection. Swimming. Yeah. He was he mm. was swimming in infection there. So um they the good news is that every part of his body has been scanned, has been CT'd, has been visibly open to the rest of the world to to uh, examine at any time. Um, you know, you really I just really acknowledge him. You give up so much of your privacy and so much of what you think it is that makes yeah. you, you human even human or you or valued or respected mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, he was still all of those things even in a situation where he couldn't do the basic kinds of care. And um, so they released him. Then we finally got the sepsis we figured it out he went a couple of days without having bacteria in his blood which was really really great um, moved him to a rehab center where he was scheduled to be he moved there on the 6th of um, September uh, and was scheduled to be there for five weeks doing um, antibiotics IV antibiotics three times a day as well as wound care and uh, starting to do some physical therapy to work to get his strength up and get him mobile. Um, And we knew after a couple of days, there's just no way he's spending five weeks here. He uh, mentally, it's just not going to support him and his recovery. He uh, he gets to do the work necessary to get himself so that he can come home. So we brought him home last Thursday and um which would have just been a little bit about two weeks it was just a, half, a, a or... week and a half yeah that's so is that we have oh a week and a half that's amazing and uh, well a week and a day actually he went out on the 6th then he came out on the 13th okay. um and is receiving treatment at home so home health comes and I become quite um in addition to My other roles there. Yes, I am now part of his uh, home health team. He loves it when I put the uniform on, which I don't do. So, um, you know, some role play. Just saying. saying. Um, So uh, he's doing really well. He had a little bit of a fall today. And so we know that that's just something you know building up his strength and his mobility is something that he's gonna get to continue to do but being home is um, it's all the difference it it for him it's made all the difference and to do so that still can be safe for him. We've been surrounded by people that love and care about us who have been offering support, who neighbors who knock on our door and basically just plead to mow our lawn. I mean, really (laughs) just really um, it's been beautiful to see that my dear friends here who um, have been such a huge support, not just to Scott, but to my kids and to me in this process. So we are until uh, October 12th with the three times a day IV um, antibiotics. And then we'll continue to scan his blood, make sure it looks clean. And then we'll be able to go back after the cancer. Right now, all of that is on hold. So there's no treatment uh, at this point as it relates to the specific um cancer diagnosis because he has to be through his IV before we can yeah, do gotta, anything has with has chemo. Be chemo makes you susceptible to infection. So yeah. that um, has to be the priority now. And then we'll jump back on that and probably be on chemo through, I would think, till the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's where oh, we are. What a journey. Yeah, it's been a journey. That's a <laughs> lot. And I'm teaching still. Yay! So, uh, bless my students. They've just been so gracious with me and, you know, I have a policy in my room that they cannot have their phones or electronics with them because it's just a distraction so they go in a phone caddy, but I have to have my phone with me. Um, It's it's been an emergency situation. Yes. And they they not one of them to me, maybe to somebody else. They've complained about that, but to me they haven't given me one second of pushback on that. They've just been so gracious and caring and ask about him all the time and ask about me, so uh, if you are a student listening, which I doubt it, but <laughs> you know, shocking things happen. they have already listened to you once. Then today. thank you. And if you, by chance, have a are a parent of one of my kids, you should be very proud. That's very awesome, very awesome. proud. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Gosh,
2: I'm, kids are pretty good. They are.
0: They yeah. are. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that this part of the journey is done.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or at least we see the end of the road on this This part part of the the journey journey. and then prepare for, oh, it was definitely. Yeah. I I mean, I'm not, Scott said this to me and I thought it, we hadn't shared it at the same point, but there was a point that we both were afraid he wasn't going to come out of the hospital. Yeah. And we didn't share that with each other until after he was already out of the hospital (laughs) Mm -hmm. in a healthy way, in a good way. Right. Um, But there were some pretty dark moments there. Yeah. And we're just going to check that right off the list. Yeah. As Mm -hmm. completed. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, he's
2: strong and he'll just get
0: he'll just keep getting. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for
2: sure. Thanks so
0: much. Oh, sure, thank yeah, thank you. I know. Thank you. I know our people, our listener out there, has been waiting. <laughs> you to mean hear. our hus- My husband? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> I just, I just
0: am really thankful that you've been able to keep us
1: posted. Yeah, and I appreciate your grace with me. I just can't make it. You know, there was even one. I'm. Yep, I'm coming. I'm gonna be there. Nope, I'm not coming. I'm not gonna be there. Well, and that's <laughs> nothing to. Thank or
0: apologize for it. Yeah, it's no, just what we just do, right? right? Yep. How it goes. Yep. Right? Yep. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. <sighs> thank you. And uh, should we talk about the talk week? Talk about our week. Yeah. Do you all, do any of our friends out there know what this week is? I do. How about you, Patty? I do. I do. I do. I do. Sean, mm-hmm. how about you?
2: No. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> do,
0: Sean. <laughs> We are here to chat this evening about a little something called National Banned Books Week. And this is not a week to celebrate. Well,
2: I was going to read about it, but I couldn't find any book that talked about it. Uh,
0: yeah. Well. They've been banned. They've been banned. They've been banned. They've been banned. Bum, Ding. So, so, yeah. So it's not a week to celebrate the fact that books are Banned. It's a week to acknowledge that this is indeed happening in our society and to bring light to the fact that this is been an issue and in the recent past, a growing issue. Um, And as teachers of English and teachers of students and just citizens in general, the three of us take a uh, high interest in this conversation. And just wanted to maybe share some ideas about what Banned Books Week is about, about what things such as book challenges are, what's the difference between a book challenge, what's the difference um, with, a, a indeed, a banned book, where do we stand on this in our national... Consciousness, society, and where do we, as a community, stand on this as well? So,
1: with that said, and I would say it is something to celebrate that we can have the conversation. That that because there's in many, (laughs) yeah, because in many countries you couldn't even have a conversation Mm -hmm. about something like this. But that's why I think it's so critical because. If we don't have the conversations, then we won't be the country that has the conversations. Yeah, it'll be be like, oh, you can't even talk about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And we
2: won't be able to wear short sleeve shirts either. I mean, there's like it's just just one thing after another where our freedoms are in jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, before we just like
0: really jump into it all, there's something that I really want to kind of lead with. And the idea that I'd like to lead with is this concept called self censorship. And that self censorship is a freedom. It is a freedom that we indeed get in our country. It's a freedom that many, many people take advantage of and forget the element of the word self. Each one of us as a human being are allowed in our country to self-censor. Now that's not to say that as parents, we don't teach our kids how to self-censor by self-censoring for them. And then as they age, we scaffold back on that hopefully giving them opportunities to learn and fail and also recognizing that at some point our children are going to be the adults and they too will hopefully take advantage of the freedom of self-censoring. So with that said, part of what I want to acknowledge is that banning books Eliminates this freedom, this freedom that every single one of us has and
2: the autonomy,
0: the autonomy of being of of choice and And choice and it's the agency. Right. And, you know, so many people talk about, well, that's my constitutional right. And this is also a constitutional right in the First Amendment. And to hear that. People can have constitutional rights in one area, but not in another area is a dichotomy and it is disingenuous to whatever idea that we call freedom. If we're going to claim freedom, then we're going to act in a way that's the same of, that freedom's going to be for all, all these areas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, I just wanted to lead with this concept of self-censorship because bottom line for me banning books is taking away my freedom to censor what it is I choose to read, what I choose what I choose to listen to, what I choose to watch and I want that to be preserved for my Boys, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want it to be preserved for everyone. I mean, honestly, let's be honest. It's not I, just about me, even though it really always is just about me. But well, it should be all about always. you, mm-hmm. right?
2: I Sometimes agree. maybe it isn't,
1: which is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but and, yeah. and then we need for to sure we need to yeah, then we need
2: that. to course correct. Right. Yeah. Jill, I was thinking about something when you said. Uh, you know, self-censoring and, and the part about the parenting. Cause when our kids are little, little, we censor for our kids Yes, mm-hmm. and we teach our kids boundaries of what we want them to be able to see or do or watch or hear or all the things. So right. we're censoring, but then there become, there comes a time where we have to let go of some of that control and hope we did a good job exactly. exposing them to things so that they know which path they want to which path we hope they we choose. hope they take, but we we don't get to choose that for them as they age. And I remember as a parent at about sixteen, uh, my fear: Oh my gosh, did I? I it's mm-hmm. I didn't did, I do, did I do enough? Did I do enough? Yeah. Is it too late? Maybe I didn't do enough, and now it's I didn't whatever whatever. Right. So there's that part where you have that. Control. It's you the have scaffolding. to scaffolding, yes. Yeah. Break and you have back. to let go, and you have to go. I did the best I could. I gave you all these tools. You get to make these choices, and I feel like that's at about sixteen because we're letting them drive, right? Which has to be more dangerous. We're letting them go
1: out and work.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And And we, we be responsible get, to other people, and we, in we don't get to censor all place. that for right. them. No. Yeah. So when um what was the t- statistic 34% of uh, book challenges or book banning is instigated by parents? Yes. Is it about 34%? Yes. Yeah. And that's the largest percentage yeah. is a parents still mm-hmm. continuing wanting to censor what their kids read. And then I can see that at an early age, but at an older age, uh, I mean, I can see them wanting to help their child self center, yeah. censor, right. right. But as, uh, Older kids in high school and college and Barnes and Noble and adults and whatnot. Cell phones. Cell phones. uh, We have to have given them the strategies to make those decisions for themselves and hope they make the ones we want them to make. Right. But they don't always do that. And I think that with that comes fear. And then what we do when we have fear is we try to control the situation. Yeah, I
1: really think that the whole, I mean, we've seen um, a significant increase in the number of requests to ban books or number Mm -hmm. of challenges going on. Here you go. Uh, From 19 to 20, it increased. From 20 to 21, it increased. And I'm sure that statistics that come out for the whole year of 22 will show that this is the most uh, so challenge far, a challenged year ever. So far,
0: over 700. Yeah. In 2021, 2022. I mean 2022 two. Books and, have been challenged. Oh, well, that, book, even more in books. That's just materials. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's materials in have been challenged.
1: Yeah. And On s- books? Yes. And some of these are books that I know you grew up with. I know there are books that I grew up with, right. like mm-hmm. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, and um, the Harry Potter series,
0: right? Yeah, books. I didn't necessarily grow up, but my boy certainly did. Well,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, I I really believe that it isn't. Those books have been around for a long time, so I don't think it is. Honestly, the content of the book. For a lot of those, especially for a lot of the classic kinds of reading. Mm -hmm. I think it is that we've become a society that does not know how to talk to each other. And because we don't know how to talk to each other and because we don't know how to find middle ground, then we become afraid of where our voice will be if we don't have a voice. We feel our voice is minimized. And so therefore we feel as if we have to find a voice here around something that we think we have some kind of control over. But I don't really think if you go to the content, honestly, I really don't feel if you really read some of these books, which I, I know I have heard people say, even in meetings that I have been in, who are supporting a challenge of a book, who said, I have not read that book, nor will I read that book, but I am challenging that Mm, book. You can't do that. It just, it just creates this frenzy around, listen, we have to create it's our okay. camps. My camp's over here, and your camp is over there, and only one of these two camps can win. When unfortunately, Mm-mm. neither camp will win. Nope. Neither camp will win. So in the choice conversation— I hear the parent who says, OK, I hear your argument around choice, that these kids should have choice and teachers should have choice. But where is my choice as a parent? I should have choice as well. Mm-hmm. And I hear that. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely hear that. The, the solution, though, is not for teachers to to then be in a place where, well, I'm going to teach this no matter what. And I'm for sure going to teach it now because you don't want me to teach it and parents who are I'm absolutely going to make sure this doesn't get taught I don't not that, even necessarily because I have maybe a really true issue with it but because I'm on this side of the battlefield and you're on that side of the battlefield right. so I have to extend my position to that side of the battlefield that is a that is an issue far deeper than any singular book because our kids are watching how we play and when a parent would suggest that a teacher should not teach this book because it's inappropriate or because of the content or because it's explicit or because it embraces LBGTQ plus community And somehow then says that as a teacher, I would be advocating that every child should embrace that for themselves. When that becomes the battle line that you send your kid to school with, they cannot win. Your child cannot win.
2: So that's why, you know, we've all taught. English for a long time and um, I've had uh, parents come to me in the 28 years that I've taught saying hey I I don't really want my child to read that book and I say okay let's pick a different one but I I let that child change the book but not the rest so when you talk about uh, where's the choice for the parent there is choice for the parent. I absolutely agree. There is choice. One of the main choices
0: Mm -hmm. in the whole concept and uh, content of taking books off of shelves a.k.a. banning, is that parents are free to come to any school and to talk to the librarian or email the librarian or message the librarian and say, I do not want my child to check that book out. Please put a restricted note on their account. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. then that way, I who want my son or sons to read a book, have access to that book. And we are then using self-censoring, mm-hmm. which does not lead to power and control of the banning. Mm-hmm. You know, when we come down, when it comes down to control of what others are doing, we, we just have to look at history just a teeny tiny bit. Right. To know that it doesn't work. We can start all the way back to the Reformation. Yeah. When one religion decided that no one was going to
2: read the Bible but the elites. The elites. Elite, the elites. Mm-hmm. Elite, right? And
0: a man said, that's not okay, and hammered these theses to not feces, but theses <laughs> to the church door that said, no, that's
2: not okay. Yeah. Everyone should be, have access. Yes. Everyone should have access and because that's how you get an educated popul- populace. Yes. Yeah, but that, then that leads to less control. Well, that's, and that's the power. And, ours, yeah, and the and power at, at Yes, the time. Which, which led to
0: skinnings, which led to live burnings at the stake. Oh, yeah.
1: Which all the led. Heresy, heresy. Heresy. Yeah. Uh, all all the
0: things because who was going to control the printing press. We only have to look at 1930s and 1940s for a glaring example of what burning books does to a community. One of my very favorite quotes of all time is Ray Bradbury. And I've had this poster on my door for 20 right. probably yeah. 25 mm-hmm. years. <laughs> yeah.
1: 24 25 I mean, we years. Teach This book.
0: It's Fahrenheit
1: 451. In Uh most of our classrooms in high school, Mm -hmm. most college bound students are expected to have read this book if they're college bound.
0: Every AP Um, student.
1: And it's about this very issue. Right. Ray Bradbury
0: says you don't have to burn books to destroy a culture, just get people to stop reading them. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what taking away self censorship. Does to a society, Uh you know?
1: Well, I think uh, the current climate. What I think is so um, concerning about the current climate is that when a book is challenged, it just means that a a parent or a group of parents or has. Or administration or a school district or an organization. And then there'll be an evaluation based on legitimate criteria Mm -hmm. about whether or not that book should then be banned, which means then it would be removed from the shelves. My uh, bigger concern, even, because when you look at the total number of books that ultimately will be banned um, versus the total number of books that are in circulation, it's. It's concerning, um, and it's concerning because of the volatility of the conversation that we have. But in the big scheme of things, what I think is more frightening is um, the prior restraint or ce- our censorship that we're showing before we even put a book on the shelf, right? Or before, as a teacher, I decide to teach that book. Am I thinking, ooh? this would be such a powerful book, but I know I will probably have someone who will object to it. So do I choose a different book instead of the book that I know would serve my students so that I can avoid the potential backlash that I'm afraid may happen? When we start to censor, before we even publish or before we even educate around the book, and mm-hmm. we make choices to voluntarily keep it from circulation because we're afraid of what the backlash may be. That, to me, is the most frightening mm-hmm. concept of this whole well, conversation. And, and we know that. Oh, it's there happening. Are Let me share this in our. Go ahead. Community
2: that. It's happening. Take books off the shelves that haven't been challenged, but they've decided to take them off so nobody would challenge. Right. So here. Exactly. And that's
1: just some, arbit- that's some person just arbitrarily deciding, deciding for that. everyone. Well, I'm going to suggest that they're not arbitrary. Ar- it's not arbitrary. I think they believe they are meeting the criteria for, for what a challenged book might okay. be. And so therefore they are making the decision to remove it from circulation before they challenge happens here's this is happening this is recent
0: conservative activists want to ban 400 books from a library but they aren't even on the shelves so this took this is in Idaho Um, a librarian of a small community library oh and I can't make it open the link Um, an activist group came in to the library with this list of 400 books Demanding that we do not have these books on our shelves. To which she replied, we don't have those books. Not because I haven't purchased them because they're on any kind of list, but because I just they just haven't been purchased before. This is a small library. Well, they this group demanded that those books not even be purchased. Yeah. To which she said... No,
1: I won't do that. Because when does that stop? When do you stop? If if you're willing to censor a book before it is out on a shelf um, or before you actually even advocate teaching it in a classroom. Or before you yourself have read it. Right. Yes, exactly. Then what comes next? It is the censoring of your thought. That is what's next. So now we censor what we think, what we say. What we're willing to put in the public forum, even as our own discourse, because we are afraid of the pushback that may happen. And I get it. I think it's happening right now in society because we are so fragmented. And it's not just here. Oh, no. No, no, no. My husband's
0: cousin's wife, who is actually a friend as well, um, her her children's school district in Virginia had this board meeting that went crazy and it was recorded and it was published on national news and she sent the video and it was the same kind of concept part of it was that those that were trying to eliminate these certain books were reading bits and pieces out of context of the book itself so the other danger in that of banning books have you read the book? Have you looked at the book as a whole or are you reading one page and claiming that the entire work of art is yeah is garbage? Mm-hmm.
1: And and what's the criteria? I read a book and it makes me uncomfortable Therefore, hopefully, we shouldn't read it.
0: Hopefully many, I, many, 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 many books make, make us Make you uncomfortable. feel
1: uncomfortable because that's where growth happens. That place that's comfortable is everything that's known to you. So right. if all you want to do is live your life from a place of everything that's known to you, then okay. But that's all you'll ever get from life mm-hmm. is what is already known to you. Growth happens in the uncomfortable place. And I would hope that... I mean, I love my students. I I would hope that if I'm going to approach them with content in a book that I know may be challenging or make them uncomfortable, that our conversation would be such that they could become comfortable with the uncomfortable because that's where growth happens. Even if you look at the top 10 books that are current, Young adult books that are that on are the being most
0: challenged. Uh, lists. Yeah. Like
1: eight of the 10 are LGBTQ plus books. It isn't about, it isn't about whatever we're trying to pretend that the conversation is about. I don't think it's about creating a world where that is not acceptable. And when you have kids in your classroom who, you know, who you know are in the throes of that and already feel the rejection of the rest of society and now you remove anything that might make them feel as if they're not alone in the world you are making them alone in the world. Yeah, yep. It just alienates them further and we already know the mental health
2: ramifications of kids that are in the throes of the LGBTQ plus community. Right are in jeopardy
0: and the ones that are being turned away from by their families Mm -hmm. and what that's where that's leading them. Sean, will you um, put up the meme about the library? Mm -hmm. This I found poignant and I have to give credit to a colleague of mine who shared this, um, it says finally, and it's a library full of empty shelves. So finally a library collection that offends no one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're, we're getting to this place, I think in, in just our society in general that, um, everyone is just afraid of being offended or offending where, why can't we be uncomfortable? Why can't we have a the conversation? Or they're intentionally
1: being offensive. Mm-hmm. Or intentionally
2: right? taking to offense. Stir the, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so where when a, when offense was never meant, you know. Yep. I, I, it's just people need to l- stop being so defensive. And I also think we need to be careful when with our um just our language around a lot of things with people that mm-hmm. we want to embrace and love and maybe we say things we wouldn't normally mean or whatever. But if they're, if we're saying them in the context of love and maybe it wouldn't be taken offensive either.
1: Right. And I also feel like it, the the only criteria I think for me around books really should be, is it inclusive or Mm -hmm. is it exclusive? Mm -hmm. Right. Am I working to expand the inclusion of humanity and look at it in a different way Or am I excluding parts of that humanity so that I can maintain what I think is my sense Mm. of right or wrong? And that in and of itself is a really powerful place, I think, to stand back for a moment and say, "Okay, is the position I'm taking on this inclusive? Is it designed to embrace as much of the human experience as possible or is it designed specifically to exclude that part which I do not agree with? Or I'm afraid of. Yeah. Or uncomfortable. Or uncomfortable with. That's disagree with.
2: That's the biggest, I think, um, reason people want to ban things is the fear. Um fear that they that it'll affect them in some way or that. Um, If we talk about something, then our kids will become that. that. Yeah.
1: It's the same conversation about sex education that happened years and years ago. Right. If we teach sex education, then all the kids are going to go out and have sex. If you look statistically, that is simply absolutely not true. Right. It is absolutely not true. And I hear those who profit from stirring the pot. And it's on both sides of the political spectrum. Right. right. Mm-hmm. When you profit by stirring the pot and are advocating it somehow that exposing a, someone, a high school age student, for example, to someone who is within the LGBTQ um, experience in a book means that you we are going to make them. Somehow, a part of that group. It's the same conversation about if we teach about sex education, kids are going to go out and have sex. It's just if we not. teach that this lifestyle is out there, then they're all going to navigate towards that lifestyle. It's it's just not true. It's what I, fear. It's fear. It's
2: fear mongering. What, what I love about reading books, uh, especially books that aren't comfortable, especially books that are uh ideas or experiences that I don't know is that I I put myself in that book and then when I'm done with that book I wonder where my friends are yeah, yeah. and so I get to experience things that I wouldn't normally get to experience because of reading and that's what reading is right. is to shine light on all sorts of experiences right yeah um
1: so that now that you have don't have knowledge. to go out and have I, it yourself. That's, you that's can exactly experience right. it through and the words and life of maybe, someone else.
2: Maybe I read a book, say, Out of Darkness. that's mm-hmm. on the banned book list mm-hmm. that I'm still reading. And, um, Which is fantastic. Yeah, Right. And maybe I read this book so that I uh, gain empathy yeah. for those who've gone through this experience. Yeah, right. And And
0: recognize that... I don't ha- have to go through that, but I can certainly be of support to someone that maybe mm-hmm. I find out has had some kind of similar experience. Yeah. Well, I, I know that one of the things that the, um, this week it for the, um, I can't remember if it's NCTE or if it's, um, if the, um, NEA or who, which organization, but their theme for this week is that, censorship divides us and books unite us. And while that's not always a hundred percent true in this instance of giving us empathy and sharing experiences and teaching us and helping us to know where it is we don't want to go with our lives and where maybe if we had a little more bravery, we would be thrilled to be able to go. Uh, Or what could our world be like if that were to be, or what a beautiful place that would be to travel to. I and absolutely in that agree pace, with that. It's absolutely taking away from the development of all these other emotions and connections with people that so many of us will never see, will never know, will never well, be. Yeah. And,
1: and if you if you're in my classroom, I think books unite because they create a starting point for a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it is the conversation in which we can see, I don't have to have this exact same viewpoint as you, but I can still respect the position that you come from. Mm -hmm. It's in that discussion, in that discourse. And that's why teach parents, you should want challenging books to be in the hands of qualified teachers because they will create a safe place for your student to experience that dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I also love it when my um, parents
2: have are reading the books along with, with, yes. the, with, yeah. I the love parents who do because that. Then Thank they you can, parents. Yeah. Because then they can have the conversation and then, um, maybe, uh, Uncover some comprehension struggles from their child and talk about and it help. maybe at dinner and go yeah. oh that's what that was about right I, I it's just one more level too for for a comprehension strategies for kids I was also going to say that books about um, experiences that are not something that I would experience because the culture is different. Is always so great for me to understand what other cultures have gone mm-hmm, through, mm-hmm. and maybe that makes helps me understand a group of people even more mm-hmm. because I have this you experience. Have a, and uh, to be uh, read this book, for, I'm super I mean, grateful. a right. thousand slender sons. sons. Oh my gosh! I mean, I never spl- yeah.
1: felt even in my worst point as a woman. <laughs> right, right, Feeling challenged. Uh, uh. All of a sudden, I recognized what a powerful gift I have to live where I live and to be able to experience myself as a woman in the place that I live. I never had so much gratitude and appreciation for my life, but also sympathy and empathy Mm -hmm. for the lives of so many other women. Um, So I totally agree that that's how books can shape us. And the other thing that, that, I find um, challenging in this conversation is when when we are banning books that are someone's experience of their life. Right. Like I know why the cage bird bird sings. Uh-huh. Right. The Glass Castle. Exactly. There's any number of people who've experienced trauma and overcome trauma right but the trauma was real it was part of their experience it's not gratuitous it's there in the book because it, it happened. happened to them and
0: what are we saying when we ban that type of book right. we're, we're saying, saying don't, your don't tell life, me your story
1: yeah, your life does not matter it makes mm-hmm. me uncomfortable makes me for you to itchy. talk about that what happened right. to you so don't I Come don't here want, and talk to me right, about it. I yeah. don't want
0: to know right. about it yep. because yep. it makes
1: me, me uncomfortable. uncomfortable. I yeah. just
2: read um, the book called Spilled Milk. Yes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, I, a lot of takeaways, and that's a true story about mm-hmm. um, the character, main character in the book, but, or the author. Uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that she thought her life as a child of uh, sexual and physical abuse, and physical abuse of the other kids in the home. She thought that was normal, normal. Mm-hmm. and so she didn't know anything outside her home. And that's what we're doing. If we're not allowing certain books to be read, we're just keeping it homogenized. Yes. Yep. And um, when she muted got to, and
0: muted and homogenized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when we yeah. got
2: to a when she went to another friend's house and um, somebody spilled milk and they didn't get. Beat for it. She was like, wait a second. I always thought my family was a little odd, but I didn't, you know, she yeah. didn't realize it didn't connect. It didn't connect. It and gives so, a point of reference. Yeah. And she wanted to, as an adult, um, teach the signs to kids so they knew what was not okay because she didn't know yeah. what was not okay. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Why would we ever want to silence that? I, you know, certainly Her when story. we want our
1: kids to write, we want them to write what feels real to them mm-hmm. and not feel like, oh, I could, I can't possibly say this to somebody right? because, you know, it might make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want them to be able to freely write and express whatever that is for them. Mm-hmm. So I I think the majority of parents, just like the majority of teachers, and you're going to find outliers everywhere and you're going to find people, like I said, who profit from stirring the pot. But I think the majority of us, there's very common ground here that we can come to resolutions and solutions that enable us and our students and the world around us to be able to appreciate diversity in both word, thought and deed and not say, I have to embrace that. Um I have to do that behavior in order to embrace it. I don't. I can okay. appreciate that's you and I'm me. I don't choose that for me, but I don't condemn you and I'm for being for you yes. to have a connection. Yeah, in right. your
0: way as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I would say a
2: takeaway for me is um, don't challenge a book you haven't read.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um,
2: talk to your kids about the books they're reading. Be involved. Be involved in that. Don't have the first
0: interaction you have with your children's school and or administration and or parents, or I mean, and or teachers to be... Not something like going to back to school night or parent teacher conference site. Do those things long yes, before you decide. Long before you decide what one book is how you're going to mm-hmm. judge and where you're gonna take your stand. Yeah. Because you haven't invested any time. Come yeah. and be a part of it. Come and get to know mm-hmm your administration come to parent teacher conference, come to PTA, come and be involved Mm -hmm. because you want, you want to trust the school. The school wants to trust you. Yeah. And
2: so I'm sad. This book is out of our libraries here in Washington. I am really sad because it is such a powerful book. And especially with the cultural diversity Mm -hmm. in this book and the challenges that the two cultures, um, faced Mm -hmm. In, and uh, the
1: levels of abuse. That, the levels of abuse as well. And they still found a way to create a family given all of that abuse. Not yeah. a family like any other family looks like, but mm. that's what families are doing out there. Anyway. They're creating a family mm-hmm. unit that looks different than how most families would, family units would mm-hmm. look. Well, I would, I would argue with the
0: fact that most families, because I don't think it's the same as it was I think that families are looking more different all the time. More diverse for sure and less nuclear. And their their little nucleus that they created in this book was life-giving for the ones involved.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. You find a way to survive and that's what they do in this book. Um, So I, and that's what, that's what I think a lot of books teach us is how to overcome and um, where do our kids learn that? Except life experience? And do we want them to have to have every life experience possible? No. No. Can we want read them to about be it? able to, yeah, experience yes. it in some other way? So, and I will say this that. It's I don't believe it just sits on parents. I absolutely don't believe that. I think educators, we have a responsibility to be proactive. I think we have a responsibility to look at our curriculum. And, you know, I mean, let's face it. We're probably teaching with teachers that we know who haven't changed their curriculum in 20 years. We get to be looking at our curriculum and making sure that we're aware of what the potential issues are and that we are catering it to have that kind of an appropriate, exhilarating and diverse conversation. And sensitive. Yeah, sensitive for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I know it's just uh, my first time back, and um, it's a pretty passionate one. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you back. Uh, you. I'm happy to be here, and um, thank you. Thank you, friends. Thank you, ladies. Um, we're all in a life experience. Whether you write it out in a book or not, it's a powerful story, um, and that's what books are about, powerful stories.
0: Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for listening to It's a Great Day to Talk. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And until next week, get out there and talk.
0: This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.